0: Oh, Don Jamie.
1: Oh, Ray Potes. Ray Khan. What up? What's up, my man? Uh, so, yeah, for I wanted to finish up on the simulation theory today. Yep,
0: yep, just go straight into it. We're recording. We're good to go.
1: Oh, sick. So, of course, there's arguments against the simulation theory. And to bring everyone up to speed, or if you're just tuning in, The simulation theory is the hypothesis that the universe is a computer program. And a lot of people think this, a lot of scientists think this, because of something called computational finite resources. And that means that because you can't travel faster than the speed of light, um, it also suggests that that means there is a finite amount of resources that the universe is working with, which implies that it's a computer program. Because if it wasn't a computer program, there would be no capacity and there would be no finite resources. There would be infinite resources. So that's one of the reasons why we went over all these points. So if you want to bring yourself up to speed, then you're, you should listen to the first half, because this portion is about the counter-argument, yes. and so yeah, not everybody really is on board with the simulation theory, but there happens to be quite a few significant people who are on board with it, so let's just start with the people who don't agree with it. And there's different individuals who, who don't agree with it and it's just really it's just a matter of opinion because all this is just a theory anyway but a lot of physicists who are more rational minded um, they, they don't agree with this and some of the points that have been brought up are the fact that any system in general like our universe is going to naturally have feedback mechanisms like such as computational finite resources like there's which what um some of these sisters saying is that the reason why there is computational finite resources is because there's there's a feedback mechanism that all living systems have that calibrate that calibrate the amount of resources that are used for all the organisms. So the fact that you can't travel faster than the speed of light doesn't mean that a designer programmed the universe for things to not travel faster than the speed of light. It could just be that there's no point in going faster than the speed of light. So the feedback mechanisms that occur naturally in nature makes it so, if that makes sense. To me, it didn't, mm-hmm. so I don't even know if I'm hearing it right. But to me, um, I mean, she has a point, the physicist who said this. I wish I could remember her name, but this isn't like a professional um, lecture on simulation theory. It's more just like opinions, like on the street level. And But here's the thing. There's a, there's a few significant people who they've heard the argument. And they've heard the arguments for why simulation theory is, is possible, and there's people, and they basically think that the amount of evidence is like, like let's take for example, if this was a court case,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if this was a case in court, and you brought up all this evidence, all these all, all these bodies of evidence. there actually is enough to make the case valid. Like, there is enough evidence to to press charges against someone.
0: There's beyond, a, that, beyond a shadow of the doubt?
1: Yeah. Something, yeah. I don't want to get all the legal jargon wrong, but pretty much, yeah. Basically, you know, when there's a significant amount of evidence uh, that, you, that says a person could be guilty, it's like, now you can press charges and a case can be opened up for it. So that's kind of like how this simulation hypothesis is. It has so much evidence that it's at least worth considering it as a culprit, as a, as a possibility. Right. So um, Tyson deGrasse happens to be a scientist who had a panel where he interviewed people about their opinions on the on the simulation hypothesis. He interviewed a philosopher, a physicist. Uh, and who else, and a couple other scientists. I forgot what field field they're in. But he interviewed them, and half of them agreed, half of them disagreed. But he, in the end, said that he fully is on board and believes that the universe most likely is a simulation. Because another point to bring up is that just because this universe is a simulation doesn't mean that there's not an original.
0: So there's...
1: So yeah, the the people that even believe in simulation theory think that there's not just one, there's many. Oh, okay, and then the other thing that... um, The counter-argument against simulation theory that was brought up by this physicist lady is that why would they design humans? Or why would you get a cold? You know, it's like why is there so many flaws then? If this was all, if this was all designed, how come there's so many little flaws? You go to work and you wake up sick one day and you got like a cold, fever, and that's a big drag. So was that like designed? Did somebody program that in? And the other, um, if, what's, another way of, of talking about the simulation theory is that you got to remember it's like. If it is a simulation, that means somebody designed it. It's a de- there's a designer behind it. So that is actually basically saying the same thing as, cr- as the creation theory. It's basically the same thing as believing in a god. It's saying the same thing. I mean, if somebody designed the universe, that's a god. So it's weird. It's half It's half religious in a way. And it's half scientific. And I think that's probably why a lot of hardcore scientists, like atheist types, don't like it. Mm. Because it's sort of religious. And so they bring up that, too, is that like, is that, so if this designer designed and programmed the whole universe, then why would they design all these different all these little flaws that hold us back in life too. And it, but it, it's the same question as if there's a God, then why would there be all this misery on the planet? Right. But Tyson, the still says, no, I still believe in the, in the simulation theory. And another interesting person that believes in it is Elon Musk. The, the uh, Tesla cars guy, SpaceX, Tyson, Tesla cars. What he said about it, is actually the most interesting out of all of them.
0: I like him, I think he's he's a modern day Tony Stark.
1: Yeah, and it's actually his opinion that made me feel okay with believing in it. Because the rationalist had me going for a second, because I have that tendency anyway to like call bullshit. <laughs> But then I also have another, I also have a gullible tendency to to go back into it. So I'm, I'm like two of the, I'm like both, you know? So what Elon Musk said when he was asked by a virtual reality student at a conference, this virtual reality student asked him, he said, what are your thoughts on the simulation theory given the current state of virtual reality today? Because, he uses the Oculus Rift for his email and for his messages and for video games and he uses it. Wow. And it has yeah, and it has become his, his standard operating system for the most part. I mean, I don't know if he, he didn't go into a lot of detail about I'm sure he doesn't print Word documents on that, but like what he was basically saying is what is your thoughts on the simulation theory? And, and virtual reality. And Elon Musk, I thought he was going to be a rationalist. I thought he was going to say, like, oh, that's funny, you know, like, yeah, I've heard of it, but uh, yeah, prob- probably not. That's what I thought he was going to say. But we actually really – he perked up at the question, and he said, with the, res- with the resolution technology we have nowadays, how it's gone from like 480p to 720 to 1080 to 4k this is just for like standard cameras and phones it's like all the way up to 4k and obvi- and we've seen how 4k footage looks and it's crystal clear so the resolution technologies on the horizon are actually going to be more crystal clear than regular vision regular reality when you're normally just looking through your eyes at the world the resolution technology that's on the horizon is going to be is going to surpass that so what's going to happen is when you go into virtual reality when you when you come out of it the real world is going to look faker (laughs) than the artificial world
0: the real world is going to look low res
1: Yeah and this isn't even like philosophical like he's saying no i mean because it's all calculated with pixels and numbers he's like yeah like i don't know what the exact human eye of pixels are but he basically says that the technology is going to be way higher than that and it, who knows how high it can even go so that's going to look real so you're not going to want to come back to this reality and when you do it's going to feel like a drag it's going to feel even falser than fake reality so they asked him so he said okay so let me answer your question about simulation hypothesis i don't see how it couldn't be a simulation
0: already like existing
1: he says right now he he he, he doesn't see any other alternative like he thinks that that is what the universe is is Whoa. that the simulation. He believes that. And what's crazy is that, like, the reason why I value his opinion is because he's actually responsible for the engineering of everything he's building. Whereas like the theoretical physicists and everything that disagree with the simulation theory, it's all in their head. right It's all what they think is possible. What seems likely to them, but they don't actually really test things. I mean, they do. They test. They test. I don't know what they test. (laughs) They they test other theories and formulas, and they do it through math. But he has Elon Musk has to do the same thing, but he also has to he also has to innovate the technology and then see it work. So it's a different. Te- it's a hands-on testing rather than a theoretical test. Because man, you can drive yourself in circles with all that theoretical testing. Because you're testing the li- you're testing a, the likelihood of a theory to not be true, and then you're you're testing the likelihood. It's all probabilities and the likelihood of this hypothesis being true or not, and it just gets so fucking complicated. But basically, I'm going to say that I believe in simulation hypothesis because of those two guys' opinion, Elon Musk and, and Tyson DeGrasse. But, um,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: So that's where I stand on simulation theory is that um,
0: – There's just so yeah, many questions left, though. Like who could have designed it? Who could have designed the simulation? And why and where do they live and are our minds just occupied with the simulation or are we or are our minds part of the simulation
1: yeah it's um, I don't know that's what they think is like you have a well this kind of creeps into more like new not uh, like more metaphysical talk because what a lot of people think like people who believe in the afterlife think is that our brains the physical part our brains is what is responsible for our minds, all the thoughts that we have, but our soul is something separate right. than the brain and the mind, and that lives on right. after death that's what they think so if this were to fit into the simulation theory, they did talk about this, though. They, they, they mentioned how, like, even if this universe is a simulation, the original programmer didn't necessarily program this world because there's simulations within simulations. So, Dang. This could, yeah, so it's like this could be a simulation, but it's actually within many other simulations like a like a russian doll like a russian doll right and by the time you find a, who the fuck knows who the original creator was that's like so far out there but imagine if you imagine if this is just one of many sim, simulations and it, it reminds me of the movie Jupiter Ascending Hmm. If you've ever, if you've ever watched the movie <laughs> Jupiter Ascending,
0: Channing, Channing Tatum rollerblading, right? Uh, that, that movie.
1: Yeah, it's about Channing Tatum, and he's a an elf rollerblader <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah. He has, um, and I'm not joking. Like, um, I he's half wolf.
0: I, I saw it. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not a good movie, but. There is still messages in the movies because...
0: Well, the people that wrote it wrote The Matrix, the Wachowski brothers, for those who know who... They oh, are.
1: right. Yeah, the, Wo- the Wachowski bros wrote Jupiter Ascending. And we, we know the motifs that the, that the Wachowski brothers are into. And so if you watch... Um, and then also we believe that there's messages in the movies. It's probably not, but let's pretend for today that we believe that. So, like, let's just pretend there's messages in the movies, and and the the truth is revealed in the movies. But if, if you're paying attention to the plot and the entertainment and all that shit, you'll miss the messages. The point is just to look at the concepts only. Only look at the concepts, and you will you will decipher the messages. It's like in all these sci-fi movies, yes, they're cheesy. Like, most of them are B-movies, and they're cheesy and and corny, but that's not why we watch them. It's not to, like, be entertained by the characters and all that shit. You're supposed to just extract the concepts. What are they showing you? What kind of messages are they putting in the movies? Like, why are they showing all this technology in the movies that we're going to eventually have? You see? So... So, um, some of the messages in in uh Jupiter Ascending is they talk about um when Shannon Tatum, the uh half wolf, half human, first makes contact with the girl. The girl is special because she has alien genetics. So she's just special and she's better than everyone else. So when he first makes contact with her, the first of course, he's surprised. Like, what the fuck? How the hell is he, uh, What the hell? You're an alien, da-da-da-da. And his thing is like, no, this is this is a typical reaction of all underdeveloped worlds, is that they think that there's aliens. And and what Canon, Mr. Tatecom said is basically there's no alien. It's like there's no aliens. There's just multiple worlds. There's, like, infinite worlds. And some, there's, there's like many different types of humans, and there's many different types of civilizations. There's just so many, and there's no point in calling people aliens, because there's not just one planet. Alien would only make sense if there's like one planet, and then suddenly there's another planet. There's like one more planet that invades that planet. So there's only two planets. And one invades the other, so one of them has to be the alien. But it's not like that. There's just many different. Everyone's different. So he tells her that like he's he's amazed that like um, that that's how she thinks, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you'll see this concept of the breakaway civilization in a lot of movies. How there was already like this other civilization with technology and drama and politics somewhere else in the universe. And they're not aliens, so they're just other types of humans that are more technologically advanced. So the breakaway civilization, so what we're saying here is that possibly the original simulation that spawned this one is a breakaway civilization. They, hired, they created
0: it for what reason?
1: I don't know. I mean, we don't... Who the fuck knows? I mean, it's hard <laughs> enough to, like, figure out... They, like, it's hard enough to figure out um, why that would even... Why... Uh, if that would even be a possibility.
0: Right. This but, can, And but, this could all go back to the Mayans that disappeared, Atlantis... Pharaohs that disappeared. Maybe they bounced to a different dimension, made a simulation, put us in it.
1: Yeah, I, I, okay. I can come up with a possible theory yeah. of why, and that's just to contain and to siphon energy, which is a typical conspiracy way of looking at things. Yeah. But it is a it is a realistic and practical reason. <laughs> People, energy is the one commodity that all living things, no matter what, absolutely need. Right. So it's like, if they can quarantine planet Earth and keep everybody stupid from discovering the truth, and they keep us in our myopic states that we live in, they can then use this planet as an energy source to feed and fuel their empire. Right, and it sounds ridiculous, but that's why you got to have an open mind everything sounds ridiculous when you first hear it. everything sounds ridiculous when you very first hear it, but once you once you hear once you hear more information and it's explained in a logical, orderly fashion where you can follow the reasoning a lot of things aren't as crazy as they first sound at face value because if you look at the way look how complicated governments here on earth work they, they do this all the time to like put together these weird trade deals and it's like so they could have leverage on resources over another country's economy and it's, it's, it's so technical that whatever is in the minds of these other breakaway civilizations, who are probably made up of about one percent of the population, that's a lot smarter than the rest of the people. We don't know. They're so like far ahead and advanced that we just—it's hard to say why they would have created this quarantine. Um, hmm. Yeah, so So yeah, I do believe that because the law of attraction works
0: mm-hmm.
1: that this is this is a program that can that can be hacked with cheat codes and instructions inserted into the operating system using sonic keys which is your voice and the words you speak. And and the thoughts that you have magnetized to those sonic keys. And that's uh, how magic works too. So, so that's my a, belief.
0: This is a new twist. A new twist I, to, a new twist to the plot.
1: It is a bit. It's just that You can you're uh, saying
0: the law by using the law of attraction and other such tools, you can hack the simulation. Yes to your advantage.
1: Yes. You can add new abilities and you can remove unwanted programs. And you can insert instructions and cheat codes.
0: Much like Neo when he's jacked into the matrix.
1: Precisely. And it also goes to show even just technology itself. I think Steve Jobs is the one who said it, where he says, my favorite part about technology is that you can push you can push reality in one way and something pops out the other side. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously some kind of operating system that we're tinkering around with and we're finding all these workarounds. Because we didn't know about microwaves. Uh, in the ancient, in the ancient, like in the 1800s, we didn't know about microwaves. And then as soon as, as soon as we learned about it, now we can turn on. Now we have Wi-Fi technology that you can't see, but it's this invisible force that we work with, and it lets us control things from a distance. See, that's that's cheating. It's like you're finding. You're, that's, that's cheating in itself. Hmm you're cheating the system and you're discovering different capacities and abilities about the system. And that's, and, and then there's also the biological. And then what I was saying was more biological.
0: And you're saying by having those cheats, you're saying by having those cheats is more proof that the simulation is real.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, interesting. It's just so many things and then even just
0: the fact that like Another Steve I don't know. Jobs quote, can I just say another Steve Jobs quote I just recently read? Mm-hmm. He says, um he's like once you realize that this world and maybe he's onto something here, he says once you realize that um that this world is created by people that are no smarter than you then <laughs> you could realize that you can change it
1: now that's a sick-ass quote yeah that's a sick-ass quote and he's right though yeah because all it takes to really change it is like he said is your is your own mind and curiosity and then just start tinkering and that's all he did yeah. is that he he started tinkering around with the operating system and then he figured out oh if you if you push here, something comes up the other side. That was, like, his way of saying it. But it's, like, you should try all these different things. Like, that's why I try the Law of Attraction. If, if, if you don't think it works, then give it a try and see if it works. Make sure you're doing it right and then see if it actually works. Um, and, and then also, if you're more uh, technically minded for physical things, um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you about that because <laughs> you'd have yeah. to, you'd probably know more than me. But when it comes to, see, I think that biology and the thought experiments, I, I'm, I'm a personal believer in that consciousness does have a big role in the movies that we experience in life and how our lives how our lives unfold. I really feel that like consciousness is is the final frontier, and everyone thinks it's space, but it's really not, man. It's inner space because that's a, yeah. And like, see, if we want to figure out if the simulate if this universe is a simulation, <laughs> it's not going to help us to just travel out to outer space. And like the vastness of it all just cruising around wasting money. Right. It's like we've got to get to the kernel, which which processes everything, the CPU. That's our damn soul. So that's like inside somewhere. And that is why frequency. We talked about how water, ice, and vapor are all the same thing. But in different states, you can either walk through a block of ice or not and so our minds our minds in order to find these answers what type of state change is required for that because everyone's saying the simulation it sounds like a drug theory it sounds like you'd have to be on drugs to, to think to understand the simulation theory to even think that that's how it is and that might even be true. But let's not get it twisted. It's it drugs and right, raising your frequency to higher levels because you are high. That's like, you know, I'm high. So that's, you've actually <laughs> raised your frequency. You are high. And then people will say things like, oh, you, oh, no, I was just high when I thought that. But now that I'm sober, I know better. But it's like, maybe not though. Maybe you're just lower, you're at a lower vibration right now as a sober normal. So yeah, you you can't believe it. You can't see how that'd be possible because you're at a lower vibration. It's like if you're standing on ground level, you can't see that there's a car crash like five blocks away. But if you're in a building... 10 stories up, it's easy to see, oh, we're in a fucking city, and there's like a lot of car crashes, actually, not just one, there's like 10 of them, and yeah, and if you're just standing on ground level looking a few feet ahead, you don't see jack shit, so you may have to actually change your sober state to something else to see the truth. And we see this allegory in, in The Matrix, like when he offers him the blue pill or the red pill. See, you can't fucking see the truth. You can't you can't be taken to the you can't be told the story without taking a pill first. So Neo had to obviously because it wasn't just like get over here. I'm gonna tell you but I'm gonna tell you the fucking truth. Here it is. It's like he had to alter his mind first. Okay, and then we look at the same um, Alice in Wonderland. Doesn't she drink something that the Mad Hatter gave her at the tea party?
0: I thought she ate some mushrooms or something. Mushrooms. I don't know, though. Didn't she smoke out, too, with a caterpillar? I don't remember.
1: All these things. Are, basically, it's implied that she alters her consciousness. Right. And and we see the same motif in, in uh, several other movies, such as... It doesn't have to be a drug or a pill, but it's a state change, like in Total Recall. Even in Total Recall, though, she didn't actually successfully give give him the injection, but that's because he had already. That has to do with the plot. But you see that in order. But to...
0: But we don't know. We don't know. Maybe the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe the whole thing was a dream.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's yeah.
0: That's so, what's cool about that movie. Is like, did he take the full injection? Or did he not, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, it's just the simulation theory is cool. And if you like it, I recommend that you research it more.
0: I need more answers.
1: We're going to get more questions before we get answers. (laughs) But that's that's okay, because even the questions help. Even the better questions are sometimes better than the answers.
0: True. Sometimes a batch of questions is the answer.
1: Yep. So, yeah, just that's probably um, not the last that we'll talk about simulation theory, but that's just the overall summary of it.
0: Sweet, Jamie.
1: Yeah. All right, man. So join join us again for another talk about about just mines grenade <laughs> topics and My, you will mind, be blown.
0: Mine battalion.
1: Yes. Our battalion of of bomb squad mental artillery to ignite yourself.
0: You know what? I want to if people really are listening, I want to invite them to be on the show as well. Um I put my email down on the website on this on the um podcast page. So if you want to be on the call, email me. Yes,
1: feel free to call in we'll, and we'll ask invite,
0: we'll invite you to be on it. Because we just this is just what we do, we talk about stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyways, thanks for listening and uh We'll see you next time.
1: All right. That was great, Ray. I'll see everyone later.
0: Thanks, Jamie. Bye.